What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and letting you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. What's up, y'all? This episode is sponsored by Park Hill Consulting Services. If you're interested in learning how to purchase your first investment property or you need some help getting your finances in order so that you can purchase your first investment property, just contact us at www.parkhillconsultantservices.com and we can get you started. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. On the way to the top floor, I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of room as the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'm a play play. On the way. Motivation for all the real ones, On the way. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next till I'm on the way. You ain't take risks cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. On the way. What's up you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. My name is Deanna Kent and I'm here with my co-host Xavier Miller. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> and today we have a very special guest on coming to the show to join us. Her name is Tina Bonner. She's an entrepreneur and a founder of Entrepreneurship Institutes. Welcome to the show, Tina. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you for joining us. And we got to say, first of all, before we start, shout out to uh, Josh at Josh Two Clutch from uh, For the Plug. For the Plug. Because he he, uh, referred referred to the show. Yeah, he Mm -hmm. he definitely. uh, Yeah, he definitely, he had told me about it a couple of times. So I finally got around to reaching out. And I'm so glad you accepted our offer to come on. Absolutely. Shout out to Josh. Josh and I have been friends for almost, I would say, 15 years now. So it's wow, it's okay. been a great ride. I'm <laughs> um, doing business and just connecting with him. So shout out to you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so just starting off. So the first question we always ask our guests is just uh, so to everything you're doing right now, what was the start to that? Just giving a background on yourself, a little background. Yeah, so wow, going all the way back. Uh, so I'm a 90s baby. Um, so I grew up in the era before social media. <laughs> so there was no like, let's start a social media business or let's, you know, buy and sell stuff online. I mean, everything was like hand to hand. So my first just exposure to entrepreneurship um, was really just as a young child. I was the kid with the lemonade stand. It was just in my blood to sell stuff and and get in front of people. And so the lemonade stand evolved into me selling bracelets at the hair at the uh, hair salon when I went with my mom to get her hair done. And that evolved to uh, really just when I was younger at that point, um, I would go down to the wholesale lot in D.C. And uh, my mom had a wholesale license. She had a little store and I would just buy anything I could and, and flip it and sell it to the people at church and anywhere else <laughs> I went. And um, so I had the bug really early. I had the bug early and that just always stuck with me. And so obviously as I got older, my interest um, really just continued to just grow in business per se. And then as, as things became available, um, just as, as the business sector became more available online, I did end up jumping into that spot. I started the eBay store and um, from there that evolved into a digital agency and so many other things after college. So that was my, my initial start was just, it was just in my blood. And then from there, it kind of continued. And it's, I guess, 20, 30 years later, I'm still uh, at it. Yeah. And that's, and that's 
what's well, so it's that's super dope because like oftentimes uh like we all we are like we always ask our guests that and it, everybody they they usually have like a similar answer i know me myself personally i started my first business at, like when i was like six seven and i was putting a kool-aid and ziploc bags <laughs> and selling it for a dollar <laughs> so yes yeah, but the, but the thing is though i brought that up because like that's like a common theme with like entrepreneurs it's like it's just not like you wake up one day and you do it. If you if you look and you dive into the background, it's usually like they've been doing entrepreneur. They probably didn't even know the word what the word entrepreneur was, but they've been doing entrepreneurial things since they was a kid. And it always makes me wonder when I hear people talk about like, you know, I want to quit my job, be a full time entrepreneur, and then you be like, they never did anything entrepreneurial in their life before. So it's like, okay, so where that where is that flip going to come from? Because I feel like a lot of the times it's kind of like innate for real. It's like Nobody really told you. It's like you was younger and you was just like, yo, this I want I want to make some money. I'm going to figure mm-hmm. it out. I'm going to do something. Usually the first thing is candy because as a kid, that's what you got access to. Right. <laughs> it's right there. That's what you got access to. So you're like, yeah, I'm about to flick this candy real quick. So it's, it's, that's, that's interesting to me. And I always, like, when I talk to people and they like, they want to be entrepreneur, and I'll be like, so have you ever did anything entrepreneur? And they be like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> so, like. We're like, <laughs> like what you like? How you know you gonna be able to handle this? You ain't never sold nothing before. You ain't, you know what I'm saying? So that's 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 really dope. Yeah, it's definitely some people are literally just born with it. So yeah. I, I'm glad to hear that I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So kind of like diving into entrepreneurship institutes, which I love, by the way. Like I finally today, I was like on the site and looking at all the different things you have on there, and it's amazing. Have you? how you built this program up, but can you explain to the listeners what it is and some of the programs that you offer? Yeah, so um, the Entrepreneurship Institute was a project, and, and I pray that anybody who's listening to this understands the importance of experimenting first, right? Um, you've got to experiment. People think that the Entrepreneurship Institute is what it is now, in my head at the beginning. And it is absolutely not true, right? Like the first iteration um, of even tapping into online education was me personally. I was just trying to try my hand at classes and courses, right? I wanted to get into the game specifically because I love teaching, um, but having an agency and just, I wanted to be able to share. And so I just started to do master classes on my own. Um, and that led me to, to realize, wow, this is the e-learning space is not going anywhere. Right. Um, but then from there, it was like, okay, what's working and what's not working. I'm naturally just a problem solver. That's just what I am. If there's a problem, I'm going to find a way or try my best to find a way to fix it. And so I, I saw that there was a broken piece to the e-learning space in my own uh, just hand at trying it out. And what I found was that the information was great for people to have knowledge, but not to have application. Um, and certain skill sets were, or certain classes were doing better than others, but there were other other industries, um, which specifically when you talk about like e-commerce versus service-based businesses versus people who have agencies, um, they're all across the board and they need various things. They need various pieces of information and some aren't just hard skills, right? Like when I look at companies like Flatiron School or like General Assembly um, and a lot of those Lambda School, they're teaching you hard skills, which is great because now you have this skill to be able to monetize, but who's teaching you how to actually create a business around it, right? right? And so I saw that there was this gap. Even what I was teaching was theory and business, but it was still a disconnect because people were then aware 
but they didn't have any platform or any consistent accountability, let alone a place to go to actually sharpen and apply the skills that they're learning. Specifically, I was teaching soft skills, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what it ended up being. I saw a problem. I saw like, wow, my class is good, but I want people to actually get results like more than just uh, sporadic, right? I want to create a formula where people can get proven results. Um, and here's what happened. Here's where everything turned from needing to make just a better masterclass or for my own self to actually making this a real thing. I was watching, um, I was taking a, a skills finders test from VP that it's called the Gallup Strengths Finders test. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Strength Finders. Mm -hmm. And they had a new test that was called the BP10 that was about for builders and entrepreneurs. Almost this idea of gathering your entrepreneurial skill set type, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm ambitious. I'm like, great. Let me kind of find out what's my skill set type. What's my hustle type, right? So I take the test. And at the end of the test, they give you the results. But underneath the results, it had a quote that said, um, and it was statistic rather. And it said that more businesses die every year than are started. And I was like, wait, huh? How is that possible? Wow. When the week before I saw a quote that said 500,000 businesses were started this year alone in Georgia. So I put the two together. I said, wait a minute. So 500,000 businesses are started, which then putting this stat together means 600,000 die. That's a problem. Right. Like, I think we all can agree something about that is not right. right. Mm -hmm. And so I said, so I started to do my research and I couldn't find anything outside of an MBA program, which we all know is thousands of dollars to teach someone entrepreneurship from base A to base Z. And it was mind blowing to me because every everybody wanted to teach you hard skills, how to design better, how to create mm -hmm. a, you know, an audio version better, a podcast or how to create I don't know, it could be whatever, how to develop a, a, a website. And these are hard skills. But I want to teach you how to monetize your podcast and then actually from there turn it into something where you can license your content to Spotify and so on and so forth. You guys get where I'm going with this? Yeah, definitely. So all of this to be said, I said, well, guess what we're going to do? Um, it was me. And at the time I had a digital agency and I told my team, I said, so we're going to create it. Um, and this is ended, ending up what it ended up being was was this. It was a full um, semester base uh, curriculum that will teach you from start A to start Z how to really create a business that doesn't just work for you. Right. But can actually outwork you and outlast you um, and really create a legacy that you can pass on. So that's how Entrepreneurship Institute was incepted. <laughs> um, and now, you know, three iterations later, I'm really excited of what it's become. No, I just want to say, like, that's really amazing because, and I like that you um, pointed out that, like, I'm in school getting my business degree right now, and I'm also an entrepreneur, so it's, I'm seeing there's a disconnect as well. Like, the stuff I'm learning in school is valuable information, but I, it's not telling, it's not really, how I said it, it's like, it's not really helping me as an entrepreneur that much. Like, it's good to have all this information, but it's not really exactly what I need. So, coming from that standpoint, because, you know, like schools, we teach the basics, math, education, history, all that stuff, but we don't dive into entrepreneurship or financial literacy. So do you feel like there, this education system is flawed or that there should be more classes pertaining to these things? One thousand percent. And I, I to answer your question, a thousand percent, I think the traditional education system is flawed.
and I think that where we're at right now, it's it's it is by design. Let me say it this way: I think it's flawed by design. If you're an entrepreneur, right? If you want to go and get a corporate job and get a work, or actually, you know, go into the workforce, which is okay too, right? In no way, let me make this clear: am I saying that not having a, or not being an entrepreneur? is you know the end all be all that's not what i'm saying but i am saying for those who are entrepreneurs we don't have a place right because right. the, the regular traditional education system is designed to push people into corporate um yep. which is which is again just not built for us so do i think it's flawed for us for people who are hustlers entrepreneurs etc one thousand percent and it's and the only people that are going to make a system for entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what it comes down to. And that's really what the heartbeat of Entrepreneurship Institutes is. Uh, when when I created this, the bigger vision and what our business model is right now, it is a hybrid. It's online and offline, where you actually take the classes online, but you come offline to be able to activate the information in real time and have a mentor and have your your, your classmates and meet them in real life. It has that feel of a traditional university and uh, at my, at my hope is that at one point in the vision is that we will get to that big space where we can have a university feel where it is an alternative to a regular traditional university. So I do think it's flawed. And, and my hope is that our gen eds, mm-hmm. the gen eds would be things like financial literacy, right? Exactly. How to budget, mm-hmm. how to save, so negotiation, public speaking. These are things across the board that you should know regardless. Like what would that be like if financial literacy was our gen ed instead of like physics? Exactly. I mean, we'd be better off, right? Oh, everybody. <laughs> everybody. So uh, hopefully that's making it a little bit more clear of kind of what we're looking to do. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, good, good. And that's, that's, that's so true because like, I, I find like, I'm taking classes right now as well. And I find myself in some of my classes we taking like, like the questions they ask, like if we filling out an essay, or if we writing an essay or whatever, like it'll be certain questions that'll be. It's weird because it'll be like, she'll be like, okay, like it's pretty much so. And when she go on this job interview, it's all pretty much centered around how to build a resume, yeah. going on a job interview, and what's your plans, and how you gonna network to get this job. And like right. most of the time during my essays, I'll be like, man, I don't even know how to write this because I'm not <laughs> doing any of this. So most of the essays, I find myself just lying. Just to say anything, to, <laughs> just, to to, pass, to just to pass, because I'm like, I'm not going on no interview. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you right. know what I'm saying? I'm not doing any of these things you're talking about, because I work for myself. But it's just like, just to pass, I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. I went on this and I'm trying to do this, just making some book, BS up. So it's like, that's, what you're doing with the, the Entrepreneurship Institute, that's so important, because that 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 that's definitely bridging the gap with, between those two things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm glad to see the vision for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's 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 uh that's super dope to me. And something else that you that you uh said that was like uh pretty dope. But you said you're a problem solver, and that's so important to being a business person. Because at the end of the day, that's all the entrepreneurial business person really is is just a problem solver. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We, yeah. That's what we're supposed to do is solve problems and mm-hmm. by default add value to pe- people's lives. And the reward is the more value we add, you know, the, the better off we just happen to be monetarily and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of diving back into Entrepreneur Institute, I know you kind of mentioned it, but do you mind just going over each program and how you think these skill sets are fundamental to being an entrepreneur? 
Sure, sure. So the best way to think about entrepreneurship institutes is breaking it down um, from not just program, but also from from the pillars and the topics. And so the way that it is, is that we have a flagship curriculum um, that incorporates nine different topics. And the nine topics are what we teach day in, day out. And so the difference, though, is that is how the topics are deployed into a program. And so um, the nine topics though are financial literacy, masterful speaking and uh, negotiation, business formation, it blows, and I, that's a huge one because it's mind blowing to me how many people start businesses but nobody's ever taught them the difference between an LLC and S Corp mm-hmm. or C Corp, right. right? Like what about, how do you start equity if you are building a software or SaaS software and really want to be able to give co- your equity to your co-founders. Nobody's teaching you these things, especially not in our communities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let alone doing business with friends. What does that look like? What paperwork needs to be set up? I don't care if it's written on a napkin. There's certain things and fundamentals that you just got to have in place, responsibilities. Um, so master business formation is a huge one. Uh, systems and automation is another big one. Authentic selling which is huge for the 21st century because selling is not what it used to be. It's not just cold calling, picking up the phone. Like you have to be authentic and we teach the art of that, which is really cool. Um, Sitting under that particular pillar is the 21st century marketing. Uh, We all know marketing has changed. Right. Between social ads that we didn't even have five years ago. Right. Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, influencer marketing. We've got to teach this instead of just hoping that people catch on. So that's another big one as well, too. Um, The last four are design thinking and innovation, calculating risk and decision making team building and delegation and then my absolute favorite is emotional intelligence uh, um, which uh-huh. is yeah. probably the biggest right, game changer right. for um, an entrepreneur their ability to read someone else and also read themselves it's it's amazing the results and roi on that so we teach those nine topics now how it's actually delivered it's through program. So our flagship program right now um, is the 90-day program, which is a semester. So that's three months where you would actually enroll into, um, and we teach based on niche. Okay, so I know it's a lot of information, but I hope if you're listening, you catch this. One is that we've got nine topics that have changed your life. Two is that you sign up for a semester, and in the semester, you're assigned instructors, various instructors by your niche. So let's say, for example, you're in the e-commerce business where you're going to learn those nine topics or at least a big portion of those adapted to the e-commerce business, right? If you're in the music and entertainment industry, you're going to learn these nine topics. Business formation looks different when you talk about licensing a song and royalties than it does for an e-commerce business who's trying to push physical products. Why are we trying to teach the the, the same person in an e-commerce business, a person who has an agency, and a person who's trying to be an artist, the same exact methods. It doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? So we've adapted the curriculum to also um, really be for the niche. And so you have your nine instructors that are, ver- excuse me, your instructors that are versed in those nine topics in your industry. And so each semester, whether it be winter, summer, spring, or fall, is when we actually allow people to sign up. Um, and we have some, some some instructors who are tenured and they come back and teach every semester. Um, but for the most part, you have fresh instructors every semester that you can sign up for. So that's how this works. Eventually, we have a, a, a program coming out called EI 180. 
um, which is 180 days of transformation. So that's really cool. And finding new ways to adapt the program, adapt the curriculum into programs. Um, we're thinking about piloting an, an EI one day, we call it 1X, which is like taking nine topics and like almost doing a hackathon type thing where we just go crazy for all the topics, like two hours each topic. By the end of it, you've been up for like 12 hours and you have all this information. It's, it's going to be crazy. So we're thinking about piloting different ways to include the nine topics, but that's how it works. Topics and then programs. And then, of course, right now they're delivered by semester. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, 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 that's so dope. That's like, that's, that's groundbreaking for real because, once again, it's definitely needed. Like, it's, right now it's definitely needed at this time. And no one, no one's really <laughs> taking the time to, to bridge that gap. So that's that's super dope. And what, But something you spoke on, which is very important, and I know me personally, I love talking about with systems. And uh, you brought that up. That's something that you guys teach as well. And it's just, do you just, do you mind just going in on letting our listeners know how important it is for someone as an entrepreneur, a business person to have system systems in place. Sure, sure. So systems, listen, systems change my life, man. Systems were the thing that when there's two ends of the spectrum, right? There's a spectrum on the left where you have no business and you <laughs> are just getting started. <laughs> and then there's the spectrum on the right where you have so much business and you're just like drowning, right? Um, so typically we find ourselves uh, at one place, the left or the right, when we need systems. A lot of times when you're in the middle, you're kind of blinded, mm -hmm. right? You feel like you're okay. There's this illusion that all is well, right? Yeah. But the reality is that it's much better to be able to implement systems either on the left or and before you get to the right side, honestly. Um, but what systems do, they're, they're in place to really be able to lubricate your progress, lubricate not just your progress, but everything else that you're doing and being able to scale. Without systems, scaling is not possible. Right? And that's a huge thing that I teach at the Entrepreneurship Institutes is we're not here to help people create side hustles, right? There are some businesses that are for that. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to help people actually create businesses, right? Not just transactions, not just making money. And so with that, though, we help people build to scale, but also build to sell. Whether you decide to sell is irrelevant, right? My business is not designed to sell, right? But I've created it with the framework in mind that if I wanted to to actually franchise it, do whatever it's created to do so, so so systems are designed for us to be able to move around in our business for you to be able to bring other people in and they can read instructions. A big way that I explain systems, you guys been to Ikea, right? Everybody yeah. has been to Ikea. Yeah. Like It's like the best place on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Between the, the $1 meatballs and, and everything else, <laughs> Ikea is the spot. So go to Ikea, everybody knows Ikea is cheap, but guess what you gotta do? You gotta put it together, yeah. right? Like that's the, that's the caveat with Ikea. So the thing about it is, though, when you think about your business, I use this example that's helpful is that you get instructions and you got this little outline stick figure guy with this long pointy nose. And he's showing you how to put the things together. Right. And so what we do with our systems is we've got to create instructions for our businesses, how to run without us. How do we run our marketing? How do we run our sales? If you all are running a podcast, what happens if one person is not there? Like, where are the instructions that as long as you, somebody can be able to read a piece of paper, they can be able to do the task and do the work. So that's what we teach within the systems um, in two ways when we get really deep into it. 
there's only two ways that you actually deploy a system. You either use automation, which is where you bring in a software to do a task, or use delegation, where you bring in a person to do the task. So that's what we teach. And then together, software plus people, right, plus instructions create a system. And so you have various systems. You have an operation system. You have a human resources system. You have a marketing system. Um, So you create these subsystems, which end up becoming the manual to run your business. Make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's, that's, I see y'all taking notes over here. Yeah, we take notes and then like like while we're on the process of listening, we hear things come up and we like, let me write that down. So I wanna ask yeah. that just to make sure I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> like we No, that's good. I wasn't yeah. sure I was being too long with it, so nah, 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 you good. You good. Talk, keep, I was like, I must be saying something good. Nah, keep going, keep going, <laughs> keep going. We de- we definitely paying attention. And something else that you said, uh that you guys teach, which I think, which I, what I think is very important, that I think kind of gets overlooked, what you said was speaking, and that's like mm-hmm. extremely important. But just going into it, explain why being a good speaker is so important as an entrepreneur. So you're, yeah, I think being able to speak is is directly correlated with your ability to share vision. Mm. And if you can't share vision and you can't articulate the value that you bring. Not, and that's the key. If you're listening to this podcast, hear me, because it's not about the actual features of what you bring. Nobody cares that, you know, you, you have shipping in two days and expedited shipping. And or if you have a service based business, you know, you've got a return policy. That's that's a feature. Nobody cares about that. They want to know how their life is going to be better with your product. How is my life going to be better by listening to the Millionaire Mindset podcast? How is my life going to be better that I join the Entrepreneurship Institute? What is how is my life going to change? And your ability to correlate the value that you bring to their life is is unmatched. Is unmatched. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of times, I see is that, and, and honestly, social media is crippling us, um, especially the Gen Z. And I'm really yeah, pushing forward to create some some systems. Excuse me, not systems programs curated around the Gen Z age group um, because they're so crippled by social media, they don't know how to articulate in real life. Right. And so um, and I think millennials, sometimes we haven't been taught that, too, but it's so important. But here's the second part. Once you understand and I challenge everybody who is already think that who already thinks that they're a good speaker, I challenge you to go and take an impromptu class. Right. And we're going to offer some here at the Entrepreneurship Institute very soon because it's one thing to know how to speak. It's another thing to know how to navigate a conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Two different skill sets. Yeah. Like speaking is level one. Navigating is level two. And so navigating is when you're able to hear something. And what happens when the, the what you prepare doesn't go as planned <laughs> or somebody throws a wrench at you, your mm-hmm. ability to navigate the conversation and, and still keep your ground. Right. And still keep to what you, you your promises and your mission and all of those other things, let alone your integrity. Can you do that? Um, and, and most people can't. So that's really why it's important because life is unpredictable. So you've got to know how to navigate. But before you navigate, you've got to know how to articulate. Mm-hmm. So those are the big things. Navigate, articulate. When you can do those two, that's when you can sell snow to a snowman. Right? <laughs> because it's it's at this point, you're able to, to hear. And here's the last thing I'll say about this. Um, and I think it's something that is so, so important. 
for entrepreneurs is the difference between hearing and listening, mm. right? Yeah. Like hearing is where you're waiting and anticipating to respond. Listening is where you're in real time processing what the person is saying and then resetting or adapting your conversation, your reply to the, the variables that have been presented in real time. Right. It's Mm -hmm. a completely different skill set. A lot of us entrepreneurs who are trying to make a sale or do whatever it is or, you know, pitch an investor, et cetera. We listen or we hear and it literally is just audibly going inside of our ears, but we don't listen. And so um, all of that is actually done in real time. Believe it or not, the masterful speaking class, it requires you to come to the labs in person. Um, in order to get the certificate because we've got to have these real-time role plays in order for you to sharpen the skill set. Like you can't, this is not just done virtually online. Um, and so that's, again, how the Entrepreneurship Institute is very different because it's we understand the environment that's required to not just have an understanding, but truly, truly be competent in a skill set. So, um, yeah, masterful speaking, it is in my opinion, probably the largest ROI um, within our catalog of curriculum. Maybe not necessarily the most uh, fun to do because a lot of people are nervous. But to me, if you can speak, man, it's it's the highest paid people in the world speak. Yep. And that's that's so real because, like, if you think about it, like, and you, and you kind of touched on this already. Like, in this in this era right now with social media and everybody's being on the phones, a lot of times people don't communicate face-to-face with a person because it's just so easy to just send a text. But when they get in person, it's like they start, right. like, freezing up and, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, don't really not know what to, <laughs> not know what to say. And the thing is, like, you, you said this, too. If you know how to t- – I always say this, too. Like, I'm like, if you know how to talk and get your point across – a lot of you could be missing a lot of things, but that could make up like for a lot of it right there. If you got the gift of gab, and you see it all the time, just not for business. You see dudes get <laughs> get girls with just off the gift of gab. They probably ain't got nothing, but it's like you know what I'm saying. They'll be, able, they'll be able to be articulate and say what they you know what I'm saying. Get their point across, and what is what gets them through the door. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing in business. If you know how to articulate. And definitely articulate your vision and make somebody else see it and be like, even if you BSing, they ain't, but if they could see it and visualize what you say, <laughs> if they could visualize what you saying, they'd be like, damn, I believe in this. I believe yep. what this dude is telling <laughs> me. That's right. They believe in you, most importantly. So it's like, that's, Absolutely. <laughs> that's so. It's that's, amazing how that thing works, not just in business. Like, if you guys want to get some practice, start practicing on a, a, a good looking chick. Like, a guy, start practicing right. and sharpen your skills outside of this. Get your feet wet. Get your feet because wet. it is, it really does resonate and it translates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, ladies, I don't I don't necessarily suggest hollering at guys, but <laughs> just find a way. I'm an advocate that a guy should come to you, but that's a whole other story. We won't talk about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's definitely real. And, uh, man, that's, that's, that's so important. I feel like people don't speak on this topic enough. Just like, just speaking. Like, I, I, know, I know me personally, I try to, like when I'm in, I try to go to events, when I'm in areas, I try to make sure I speak to people just to up on my skills. Because if you listen to, if you listen to the podcast, anybody that really know me, you know I stutter. I got like a stuttering problem sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not like I accept it, and I just, you know, what I'm saying I just try to articulate myself mm-hmm. better, speak, you know, what I'm saying speak more fluent things like that. But on to uh, something else I want to talk about that you brought up when you were saying how uh, selling is not what it used to be. But before you touch on that. 
just for for the people that don't know the difference, because I had I was speaking, I don't even remember what I was talking. I was talking to somebody, and we was talking about marketing, and they was like, "Wait, well, what, but what? I was like, I'm a bad, uh, I was like, I'm a bad seller, but I'm a good marketer." And mm-hmm. somebody somebody else was like, "What's the difference between marketing and selling? Ain't they the same? Yeah. Ain't they the same thing?" But I want you to break down the difference for the people that don't know. Sure. So it's very simple, in my opinion. Uh, marketing is your ability to attract. Uh, that means let, let's use a let's use a more practical example. So you've got this fly suit on, right? right? This is good marketing, right? From head to toe. I mean, you've got the Tom Ford sprayed on you, so you smell good. Like all of that pearly white showing. I mean, fresh cut. This is marketing at its finest, right? She looked down. She said, you got a Rolex on. She's excited to talk to you, right? You get yeah. out the Maserati. Yeah. like, man, who is this? Yeah. Attraction. It's marketing, right? But then the minute you open your mouth, you now have to actually make the sale, Finish. right? Yeah. So that's the difference. It's, it's yes, now the 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 young lady is attracted to you, right? And we can use the reverse for men and women, right? I, I don't want to harp on, on men specifically, but just in this analogy that it's your ability to attract someone or something to your product or service, right? Um, and, and marketing typically is your visuals that you have. Usually most times people are visual people. So if your, your graphics aren't good and things like that, people are repelled. And if they are really good, to be honest with you, using myself as an example, when we first started the Entrepreneurship Institute, I would get so many messages about the graphics. Like, who did your graphics? Who did your graphics? Like, people were just attracted that it looked so well. We were mm-hmm. curating these pictures of beautiful colored people, all of this, right? So it was marketing. But the integrity comes when, okay, now that I'm interested, I've applied to a semester, can you deliver? And so that's your selling point. So the difference between marketing and sales, marketing you're attracting, and then selling is that now that the person is on your line, can you close, using the same analogy, can you close her to go on a date with you? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it, it, or can you actually position yourself well enough and navigate when she tells you she already has a situation? Can you navigate in real time to really be able to still make it work in your favor um, and vice versa, right? And so um, that's the ability to sell. Mm, yep. I, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that response. And, uh Something else you said was you said that uh, selling is not what it used to be. And I'm like, ooh, I, I like that. So I just want you to just go on, go in on that a little bit more. Yeah. So selling isn't what it used to be because a lot of times selling, back in the day, the methods of selling are different. And so, and I say how you sell, really the same principles because people are people. So the same thing I was telling you earlier when it comes to you know features versus benefits, features versus value, that is still the same. Right. Because humans don't change. So people still need to be able to actually know what value do you bring in your ability to articulate that. But the methods in which we sell have changed. And so, um, for example, like you said, cold calling was a thing like you just picked up the phone and you called as much people knocking on doors. That's the thing. Right. Like that used to be advertising, billboards, TV. Those were the things. So I'm blending marketing and sales just for the sake of the conversation. But a lot of that was was they're old and archaic at this point. And so selling, you have to take a different approach with being able to convert people. People don't people can feel when you're pushy. Right. They can feel when you're just trying to make a sale like they can feel when you're throwing them a discount. But you give everybody a discount. Right. Like selling authentically 
once you understand that the methods have been updated and you are using things like Twitter, like LinkedIn, right, speaking, et cetera, once you've updated your methods, you've got to then update your delivery, which means that, okay, I know that this person is probably getting sold by everybody because we see ads all day long. So the trick, and it's really, really simple, the trick to this is just be human. Like, be human. Put yourself in the seat of the other person. And if you were there, right, understand that one is help them see and frame the picture. But then if they don't want to buy in that day, understand that selling is not about converting the same day. That's the biggest thing I tell my students. It's not about converting same day. It's about continuing the conversation. And you keep conversing until one or two things happen. They buy or they die. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Like that's a good salesman is going to continue to converse with you until you buy or you die, right? It doesn't mean that you continue to message him every every week, right? But okay, if someone unsubscribes from your list, no problem. That means in ninety days you do a soft touch and say, "Hey, listen, I know you unsubscribe. No problem. Trust me, I su- I be human." So you say, "Trust me, I su- unsubscribe from hundreds of emails." every day. It probably wasn't the right time. No problem. If you ever need XYZ, definitely would love to just give you a free spin for blah, 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 blah. Mm. That's simple. That's simple. Mm-hmm. And something I wanted to kind of get you to dive into is that in today's world, especially like this social media era that we live in, of course, you could build your business brand and you can make it really stand out with your graphics and the information you're putting out. But people want to know more. They want to know about you. How did you, st- you know, just know more about your story. <laughs> And a lot of people buy into your business or your product based off of who you are and what you do and how you present yourself. So do you think it's necessary for entrepreneurs today to have a personal brand in addition to their business brand? Great. I think that's an amazing question. Um, And I say yes. Uh, My soft answer is yes. And I say yes, but also no, depending on what industry that you're in. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think it's important to be transparent what you're doing, how you're doing it. I think if you're looking to be in business, um, it just works. It works. This is a this is one of those fundamentals that are just different, right? Like mm-hmm. you didn't have to 10 years ago. You didn't have to have two different brands. You didn't, right. you could stay and have be behind your LinkedIn or whatever it is. And nobody would have to know that you turn up on the weekends. Like <laughs> it was just, it was okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like now back to that authentic piece, um, it's really important to, for people to be able to resonate with you because there's so much competition now. Right. And mm-hmm. people are looking to work with people that they like and that they enjoy and that they resonate with. Prime example, if you're talking about two different people who sell the same exact product and one of them you really, really like and you look at their lifestyle and because they're posting things about their family or going to the game and then you find out that they love LeBron James just like you like LeBron James, right? The other person, same exact thing. They're not posting anything on social media. Who are you going to go with? They're the person you're relatable to. The person you like. Like, at very least, we can talk about basketball when business gets boring, <laughs> exactly. right? Like, exactly. You know what I mean? There's some added value to that. So when I tell and, and talk to my students about this, I say, listen, you are not for everybody. 
and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody who's going to say, I want to work with that person. That's the person I want to work with because they're being human, they're relatable, and there's just something about them that resonates with your story. Um, the thing about this is just being tasteful, right? Just because you share your life and you share the personal side of your life doesn't mean that you have to share everything, right? right? So it's just about being tasteful um, and understanding that because you hear the, the biggest thing I want you guys to hear um, the listeners as you're listening to this section is that just because you create a personal brand doesn't mean you have to monetize your personal brand. Understand this. Just because you create a personal brand and you're posting some personal things on your Twitter and you're posting some personal things on your Instagram does not mean you have to go monetize and start posting quotes and start becoming doing a a, a whole business model to become a professional speaker because you're getting a lot of likes and X, Y, Z. Like, you don't feel the pressure to have to monetize that. Do that and let it add to your business and let that be that. But you don't have to do that unless you want to. But there's no pressure to create this business around your personal brand. Um, do it because it's going to add value to your business. And then if you decide to evolve it into a, if you decide to evolve it into a business later, um, then you can. But not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that's that's a very good point. I'm glad you said that. And uh, you you like you want to say something? Oh, so uh, another another thing you mentioned earlier was innovation. And uh, this is like I, I, I think I said the last one was super. All these all these was like super super important. And innovation. This is another skill I think in this social media time we in where a lot of people innovation is being killed because you just see other people's success. And instead of you critically thinking of, okay, how can I do something on my own? You just emulate somebody else, what they got going on. So, but as we know, to be a successful, but to be a successful entrepreneur, you got to have your own originality, your own creative, you know, being creative, innovative. That's like, man, that's, I go on and on about it, but uh, I want you to speak on like how, like how important that is. Innovation is the difference to me. It's the future. It's the difference between you being here today and gone tomorrow. Mm. Um, and, and innovation to me is a lot less to do with uh, the tangible pieces all the time. Because so, I know personally, prior to my understanding and real depth of innovation, I always thought it had to be something tech related. Right. A lot of times people keep these they they assimilate technology and innovation. Right. Like if it's not adding some virtual reality or it's artificial intelligence or now we can do our podcast and holograms like it's not innovating. Right. (laughs) But there's this stigma that has to be tech related. And so even just everyone's listening, I hope that you can like release yourself from that because innovation is is not necessarily the tangible. Sometimes it's just the delivery. It's, It's how something is done. Right. It's the business model. Like at one point, like for a Chick-fil-A, like how they do their business in terms of saying, you know, have a great day. What, what's the thing they say um, uh, when everybody leaves? Let's not have a good day. Um, I forgot. But they're so friendly. Everybody loves them. Right. Like they, they're being taught to do that. At one point before everybody else was doing it, that was innovative. Like there was no fast food company who right. was taking that approach to delivering value and delivering their service. So. Innovation is a lot less to do um, in theory with with technical stuff, but really to do with how are you actually delivering or designing your product in a new way um, that is just different than this been done. So creativity, I think the biggest thing that we teach here at the Entrepreneurship Institute is that creativity can be taught. 
A lot of times people think creativity is for people that are designers and, you know, creatives and, oh, I got to be artsy and, right. you know, I got to listen to Childish Gambino and <laughs> I got to be like this, this black, right? Like, but it's, it's a lot less to do. And mind you, I'm not taking away from anybody who, who assimilates with that, but right. I'm saying that for people who aren't that way, you still can be creative. And so here's, I'm going to give you one thing, particularly with innovation, though, that we teach and just kind of giving a sneak peek of our curriculum is there's a couple different ways. And I'll talk about two here um, that you can be creative and, and just share this with your listeners. One is that you break. Right. And breaking is the idea of taking a concept that is already existing and then breaking it breaking it in the sense of let me pull out the pieces. So when you think about, let's take Chick-fil-A's model, for example, you take that model and you break the fast food model. And you think about now that you've got these puzzle pieces, you've got on the left side could be, you know, drive through, right? And yet another puzzle piece could be um, how we train our staff. Another puzzle piece could be our packaging, right? Another puzzle piece could be, I don't know, something else, our imaging or like what it's called or et cetera, right? What would it look like to not even have drive-throughs and do it where like the building is split in the middle, like Sonic, for example, we, we're not even going to have a drive-through. We're going to come out in skates, right? Like <laughs> you breaking all of these models or breaking the model and then looking at the pieces individually and then saying, okay, how can we make each piece different or how can we identify a piece that we can make different? And then we put it back together with that piece altered, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is <clears throat> a framework for creativity. And so it's, it's less about being able to just have this blank canvas and you know sit in a room and magically come up with an idea, but having a strategy to break. <clears throat> Another way to do this, and this is a second, just kind of uh, a curricular framework that we teach at the Entrepreneurship Institutes, is called blend, right? And blend is where you actually take a concept whether again, let's use a fast food restaurant since we're talking about Chick-fil-A, how can we blend two worlds together? And it's interesting because through break and through blend, you may end up at the same place, but it's a different process, right? So blending, let's take the same Sonic restaurant. They blended the entertainment world with skates with the fast food world. Two different, like completely different industries, different worlds. Let's blend them together. Right. And so that's the concept of being creative is not necessarily having to like, again, sit in this room and think of something from scratch. It's let's take methodologies, breaking and blending. And what worlds can we blend together? Right. Like I think people who do live podcasts, there was someone who did that first and they blended the idea of like teaching live with something that's audible. And let's blend that together. So I challenge people, if you guys want to be more innovative and you want to be more creative blend worlds together that's where it starts blend worlds or break your world and pick a piece that you're going to update and do something drastically different with than anybody else is doing and then experiment test it out see what people are saying a lot of times you're going to wow people right that's the easiest way to wow somebody is just do something that nobody else has done before that's it that's all creativity is. So hopefully that's helpful to give you all some strategy on how to innovate because you can do that like tonight which is break all the pieces, let's pull them out, and what can we do differently? Mm, yeah, that's mm -hmm. powerful right there. And yeah, you want to? Oh, yeah. So uh, to dive into something else, where I, another topic, where I think this this might be my favorite one that you, you mentioned earlier, and that was emotional intelligence. Mm 
Now, uh, do you just mind going into how important that is for entrepreneurs to have that emotional intelligence? Yeah, yeah. I, I love emotional intelligence. And I talk about often how emotional intelligence and speaking are probably the high, highest ROI topics in our catalog and our curriculum. Um, and emotional intelligence is so powerful because it's your ability. And for those who don't know, emotional intelligence is really your ability to be able to be self-aware um, of your own self, but then also to be aware of others. Um, that's the soft and the most simplest way I can put it, right, without getting to too much detail. And so because we're not taught how to do this, we right. pretty much go through life and we um, we don't self-assess. We don't process why things happen. We don't ask ourselves these hard questions. Why did I respond this way? Um, why am I like this with my money? Why am I like this with this these types of people? Why am I like this? Why does this keep happening or X, Y, Z? And because we can't identify the things that are happening to us, let alone identify the cycles that we're in, we continue to go through these things. And so emotional intelligence is 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 various ways that you can put it, um, but in, in the simplest form to, without going into too much. Again, today is just the concept of really being able to see things introspectively, introspectively, but then also see what's happening with others in the room and so on and so forth. I think a big piece of emotional intelligence is even this, the big thing right now is diversity and inclusion, right? And and I think so much of the challenges that are happening with diversity and inclusion, specifically in the corporate workplace, are because there's we're not taught emotional intelligence. We're not taught these things, right? Like you should know, like if you have any somewhat of emotional intelligence, you should know to not say certain things to certain people, right? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> like, people of color, we get so like it's mind blowing how people they don't they want to touch our hair and they want to do this and they, they I mean the things that come out. Um, right. other people's mouths and it's really just like if you were taught certain things you would just know and be able to read the person right see what's happening what's not happening so to correlate that back to the entrepreneurship space our ability to be able to navigate conversations a huge part of emotional intelligence um we use as in a more practical sense is being able to navigate a room when you're networking all right. You can use emotional intelligence and, and be able to read what's happening in the room and even know who you should speak to, who you shouldn't speak to. You can't even read energies without emotional intelligence. Right. Um, so it's just you find yourself being able to put yourself in positions. And here it is. That's when the masterful speaking comes in because emotional intelligence, you're able to put yourself in certain positions, keep yourself away from certain positions, understand what's happening in yourself, um, react properly. And then as a result, once you're in the situation, once you're in the opportunity, because you've been trained on what to say and how to say it, you can nail it every time. That's important. And I know some people are probably going to be here in this episode and they're going to be like, well, damn, so how do I get emotional intelligence? And what do you say to people that uh, say that? Hold on. Say that one more time. You, you broke up. Oh, my bad. So I, I was just saying, I know someone's probably going to hear this episode and they're probably going to think, okay, they're probably going to think like, damn, so... How do I up my emotional intelligence skills and what would be your response to that? Sure, sure. So it's a couple different things. I mean, I think one is is just be more in tune, right? A big thing about emotional intelligence is empathy. Um, everyone knows that empathy is something that is a huge human trait. Um, but without empathy, you go through life and and 
it's just you, you and you. But empathy is our ability to be able to adapt to others, um, to what situations are happening. So before you start to, there's a bunch of emotional intelligence tests out there. There's um, an emotional intelligence uh, book. One is really good called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. I think is really, really good. It's by, um, I believe it's by Jean Greaves. Um, that's an amazing book. Um, so yes, practical things, but I would say start at home, like at home, meaning in your personal life, like just start to be more aware of what's happening. And you're only going to do that by taking time to ask yourself questions. That's it. So if something's happening and you feel a certain emotion, like, and you really, even if you're about to pop off on somebody, like, why am I doing this? Like, what is happening right now where my blood is boiling like this? What is, what is the trigger in this moment? Right. Like helping to identify and then track, write that stuff down. Like then you'll start to be able to have a cheat code to your life. I have a black book right here um, next to my bed. And, and every day I try to journal and I miss some days right? I'm not perfect. But every day I try to journal and just put down notes from the day. And my hope is that once I'm finished and it's about 500 pages in this book, but I'll have a 500 page cheat code to my own personal life on how to be my best self. Because I know, okay, today this triggered me. So I need to do X, Y, Z when this happens, et cetera. It's almost like a fire escape plan for a building, right? Like you know how to get out when something happens. Um, so you leave yourself breadcrumbs, but not just for yourself, for those to come to and read that book and say, wow, this happened to them and here's what I can do uh, better. So start at home, be self-aware, um, regulate yourself when you th- feel that things are, are just going out of control. Start to identify your cycles in business, good cycles and bad cycles. Um, and then keep yourself motivated and, and be empathetic. Like feel people where they are, not just in your personal life, but in business um, and try to really relate to people um, in a way that's human and not just because you want to get a sale. Mm-hmm. So those are my, my two cents for that. And I really like what you're saying because that's all like 100% true. And then it all boils down to just taking accountability for your actions, your emotions, and just taking the time to like really, you know, be responsible for that stuff and to think and to ask those bigger questions. And, you know, just to always like striving to be a better person because that's going to make you a better entrepreneur in the long run, right? So, Correct. Mm-hmm. So another thing I want to ask you is we've talked about like all these different avenues you could take to, you know, get all these skills to be the best entrepreneur you could be. But what do you think are the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they get, you know, first get started out or just throughout their career? The last part, again, you broke, you said what are the biggest mistakes? Mm -hmm. The biggest mistakes you think entrepreneurs make either just getting started out or throughout the course of their journey. Mm. So I think, wow, such a great question because I think there's so many. Uh, you just don't know what you don't know. <laughs> if I could do this over again, I would say so many things, my goodness. Um, but I think a few things stand out uh, just more specifically. Um, and I'll, I'll talk from a more personal side and then a practical side. I think starting with the, the personal side, I think I would have started to do business with my friends earlier. And people don't always agree with that but I would have I would have decided to do business with the people that I love earlier um however on the practical side I would have got legal advice earlier 
<laughs> um, I think that's something that we wait to do because we trust people and we trust friends, et cetera. Um, but I, I feel like not doing it, but then doing it, let me step back. I feel like doing it, but not doing it properly, not having certain agreements in place. There's people now that I'm no longer in great communication with. Not that we hate each other or anything like that. Um, but because you don't know what you don't know and life and business even more so is extremely unpredictable. Um, and you guys are in a very, and not just you all, but just anyone in entrepreneurship, you're in a very volatile market. Like you're in a very volatile, like it's unbelievable how, this is probably the, the most volatile career you could choose. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, because anything can happen. Anything. And so when you add family, friends, and all of those things in the mix, uh, it, it creates a mixy situation if you don't protect yourself. So I wish I would have had, um, I wish I would have started to work with my friends earlier because my first really few years in business, specifically when I was starting in college, really, really hard like lonely, like trying to figure it out, trying to make it. Um, and I think doing business with people that I loved, I was dipping, dabbling, but never wanted to, to like connect on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the second part, because I was prideful, right? Prideful of, I got to be the CEO. Like, I want to be the one that's such and such. And you don't know this stuff until it's in hindsight, right? But when I look back at my actions, I'm like, I was doing that to protect myself because I felt like I was supposed to be the one in charge, not realizing that, like, first of all, all of us can eat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second of all, girl, you don't know anything anyway. Like, <laughs> looking back at all this stuff, it's like, I wish I would have not been prideful to ask for help, not just from my friends, but even from people who are much older than me. I, I, I didn't start asking for help, oh my gosh, until like three years ago. Like just feeling so much. And a lot of that comes to do with our past trauma, which Mm -hmm. is why it's so important to be self-aware. When I did some personal digging, I realized I have so much pride because that's what I saw my father do. I never saw my father ask for help. And it just was what it was. And so I didn't think that that was okay. I thought that was weak. I thought that was this. Like so many things that come with it. So all that to be said um, on the personal side, I think it's a beautiful thing. I, I look at LeBron and Maverick and, and their ability to do business together. And right. um, just so, there's so many examples, right? Like um, so Beyonce and her family and her mom and her and her dad and uh, even her sister and so much things. There's so many examples of when it's done beautifully. But the, the paperwork side, it just as simple as responsibilities. Write out the responsibilities of each person. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Write out how much money each person is going to get paid. It's that simple. It's when you do these things after or in that sort is when it gets mixy, um, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I would say those are the two big things I wish I would have done earlier. Um, and then, of course, last but not least, education. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's. Obviously, I'm extremely biased, (laughs) but uh, I only have a school, right? But no, I I really do think education is the last thing. I wish I would have, they didn't have a lot of this stuff earlier, but I wish I would have took my education more serious when I was in my younger 20s. While they didn't have an entrepreneurship program or anything like that, per se, um, you know, when I was in school, I wish I would have at least taken it serious enough to leverage what I did have. Right. Which means, OK, they don't have an entrepreneurship uh, or business like actual classes that I want to take. But let me take an elective for you know public speaking or let me take an elective for 
um, I don't know, something else that could be beneficial, grant writing or whatever it may be. Um, so I wish I would have taken my education more serious. So mm. that's those are things I, I really wish I would have done earlier. Another thing I wanted to ask about, and I almost forgot, but I'm glad I remember now, is something you said earlier. You said uh, building to sell. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. that's, that's so important and so dope. I just want you to uh, touch on that a little bit more. So building to sell is um, it's, it's all about systems. It's all about systems. When you get when you have an objective, you're ten times more likely to actually complete a task. So if somebody just says build a business, it's like okay, great, I'll build a business. If somebody says build a business to sell you have an objective. And so um, I'm big on being able to create objectives. And the idea is that if you build something to sell, you have to write instructions that are so detailed that somebody else who has no idea what this business is can run it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's the concept. And when you write, when you create a system in a business like that, now you're talking about financial freedom, but not just financial freedom. You're talking about personal freedom. Now you're talking about you can hire talent from anywhere in the world, right? Simply because your instructions are so detailed. As long as they have the skill set, they can do the instruction. And this is where a lot of people get jammed when they get to the space where they have so much traction, right? Which we all hope to be at one day, but because they don't have a system, I mean, they're drowning, um, not just in, it could be orders, it could be inquiries. I mean, you adapt it to whatever you know, area that you're in, but you myth uh, by Michael Gerber, uh, my favorite top business book. Um, probably I recommend for entrepreneurs to start with is is called the E Myth. The E Myth, okay. So yeah, definitely advise everybody to go get that. And uh, do you have anything else? I have one more question. Okay. And I noticed you talk a lot about mentality, and I think mentality before you have anything else, you gotta have the right mentality to even be an entrepreneur. And that's like why we named the show Millionaire Mindsets, because you gotta put yourself in that mentality of what you want, who you wanna be, what you wanna be. You gotta have it start in the mental before it manifests itself to the physical. So for you, how important is it to have the right mindset as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman doing all the things you're doing? 1,000%. It is the biggest I mean, we're talking about outside of when I say the biggest, most ROI in the curriculum, mm. that's one thing. But when you talk about the biggest thing that has the, the bottom line effect on your ability to do, to execute, it is mindset. 100 percent, 1000 percent, I would say. And that's, I say that because your mind is the it's the control center of your entire body like mm-hmm. your ability to to not just think but your ability to self motivate like all of that is directly correlated to your mindset and your mental um, mental your mental your is so important for you to be able to be successful and a lot of it is because like it's so unpredictable that if your mental is weak, it's over with. Over with. Over. It's over with. Like there's no way that you can be able to withstand in such a volatile space industry, right? And still be successful if your mental isn't right. Like there is going to be it's not about if, it's when something happens to you, you are going to be in shambles. 
because you have not worked on your mental muscle. And so all of the things that you all are doing, I'm so excited that you all are doing this podcast. Like, please keep going. Please keep doing this because these are the mental pieces that people need. Like, it's great that there's information and knowledge, but if it gets tough, none of that matters. Like, the fact that I know how to sell is irrelevant when I'm having a crappy day. Like, it's irrelevant. The fact that, you know what I mean, I I know how to be uh, marketing and and put on a Rolex or whatever it is, like, that means nothing. If something, like, I just, a customer called me and just cussed me out and I got to go in here and speak. Like, what is your ability to recover? What is your ability to still see the end mission in the midst of, like, going through a dark space? And so... I'm so excited. My friend Diamond, um, shout out to Diamond. And she has a network called Majority Women. And she's doing a podcast, not a podcast, I'm sorry, a series called Therapy for Entrepreneurs. And it's so exciting to see someone, even on the mental health side, like help and talk about the things that are necessary for success because it is going to come. The storm is going to come. And if you're not protected and prepared, um, I mean, it's, you're bound to fail. So how important is your mental? Man, it's so important. I, I have this vision of like plankton in my head, like moving around the control center, like making everything work. <laughs> like that's how I feel in my head. It's like a control center. <laughs> that's, that's how it is. Yeah, man. No, facts. That's real, man. That's real. That's why. I, that's that's why they always you are often hear like wealthy people say, "If I lose it all today, I can get it back tomorrow." And a lot of times people people don't understand that it's, it ain't got it got everything to do. They talking about the mentality. They got the mentality yes. where they can lose it and they can mm-hmm. easily just bounce back because they fix their mind more than anything. And that's another reason why we always say before you get money or before anything, you need to worry about fixing your mind first. Because I'm telling right, you, yeah. if you got bread and your mind ain't right, you are gonna blow that shit. It, it's because yeah. your if your mind ain't right, yo yo your self worth is attached to material stuff anyway. So whenever you get some money, mm-hmm. you're just going to blow it so you can feel like I'm a person of worth now. But if your mm-hmm. mind right, none of that matter. You're going to be like, you know what I'm saying, head, your, your head right, everything's just going to flow. It is going to be problems that gonna have, that's going to happen, but your mind right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be able to bounce back from it anyway. So that's that's the most important, <laughs> that's the most important thing in the world to me. And I'm glad you're talking. And let me, let me add to that before we wrap up. I okay. think that the when you understand and you take the perspective that your brain and your mental is a muscle, Mm. it'll help you create the understanding that you have to work it, right? Mm. Like, and there's various muscles inside of the actual brain system. So one of those muscles being willpower, like that is, if you're looking at the body and you're comparing it to that, it's like, okay, if you go work out, you can't just work out your arms and then your legs gonna be scrawny. You know what I mean? Like you can't just work out your legs, vice versa. So when we think of our brain as this entire system is that, okay, like our mental willpower is one one piece. Empathy is another piece, right? Motivation, self-motivation, our ability to motivate ourselves is a whole nother piece, right? And so when you break it down like this, you find ways to strengthen your mental and not just say, I'm going to be strong today. Like willpower, understanding that willpower is a muscle changed everything for me mm-hmm. because I could not understand why I could not get up at five o'clock. Like I didn't get it. Like I'd had the desire, but I'm like, why is it so hard for me to get up at five o'clock? I realized willpower is a muscle. And so what I started to do was in little things, I would begin to deny myself. 
Like it could be something like, oh, I want to go get some ice cream. Like I'd be like, mm -mm, no. Let me practice denying myself, mm -hmm. right? In these spaces, like exercising my willpower when it really doesn't matter, right? And then when it matters most, I have my brain is actually knows what it feels like to say no and then mm -hmm. feel excited on the other side, mm -hmm. right? Like. We don't have a lot of this interaction, and, and I'm trying not to get too scientific. I'm a, I'm a psychologist. No, I like Like, I love psychology, anything to do with the brain. But yeah. I just, I, I, I'm hoping to give your listeners some practical tips on just ways that you can really exercise your mental because it's not just saying, I'm good. It's not just repeating affirmations. It's affirmations plus practicing willpower plus deciding. I'm going to motivate and be motivated and find out what motivates me. Like I used to throw motivation out the window. Like I used to hate motivation. Like until I found Eric Thomas, I love fell in love with it again. Yeah, but I used to hate motivation because I'm like, man, this is whack. Like I want some strategy. But when you understand that your ability to self-motivate is directly correlated to your ability to do it, like, cause you're not going to be excited about doing your business all the time. Exactly. So, so how powerful is your ability to say, you know what, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it. Mm. So all that's yeah. to be said, man, mental is so powerful. I'll leave you guys on this section with a uh, book that I read. I read one, one, at least one to two pages every single morning from this book. I found it on my grandmother's shelf randomly. Um, and it's called uh, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. It's by W. Clement Stone. Okay. Um, he's a, he was actually a friend of... Uh, what's the guy who wrote Think and Grow Rich? Um, uh, Napoleon Hill. Napoleon. Mm -hmm. So they were friends all in that same era. And it's called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. Man, that thing changed my life. Yeah, so good. every day I read one or two books, but I wanted two pages from that. So you guys check that out. Get it. I believe the PDF was like online. Like it's so old that it's just online somewhere. <laughs> so check that out. Yeah, I'm going to uh, definitely check that out. And before we wrap up, this is the final thing we always ask our guests. And this is, uh, we pretty much just say the things you're doing, everything, all the dope things you're doing. Like, you just dropped an hour worth of a lot of game that I know our listeners going to definitely appreciate. But with, with all that, do you feel like there's an obligation you have to your community to give these things back? And when we when we say giving back, we don't just mean monetary. We talk about game, information, time, access to resources, things such as that. Is that an obligation to you? Of course, of course, it is an obligation. It is a duty. It is it is a concept um, that I take pride in to be able to share this information. Right? This is this this is our new history books, podcasts, and everything else. Like there's going to be a day when I am not on this earth, and this podcast will be somewhere on the internet exactly. that people can find. Exactly. You know what I'm Your grandkids so, gonna be able to be like, "Dang, grandma was popping!" Right? Right? <laughs> You know what I mean? So do I think it's my duty? 100, 100 for sure. Like if we're not doing this, man, uh, it's a concept I always talk about and all of my talks in person. Um, and I actually first heard it from is a, a guy who was running to be a, um, a senator, I believe. We're not a senator. A, um, he was running to, for some kind of politic role in Alabama. And he talked about in his talk about the idea of holding the door and that the one way that we change the generations after us is that we share 
and we get through the door and then we hold it for the next person, right? And so I think every time I do one of these interviews, to me, it's just a mental way to hold the door. Um, and, and hopefully somebody may hear it. It may be this one piece of something that turns the key for them and who knows who they'll go on to be, right? And I'm not here for them to credit me or anything like that. I don't care. I think what's most important God sees all. So I'll get my credit later. Right. Um, So I'm not worried about that. I just, yeah, absolutely. I think anybody who has any influence, it's our duty to share um, so that we don't have to have other people go through the same things we've been through, man. Like I wish I had a mess. I wish podcasts were out. Like (laughs) what the heck? (laughs) Man, so much game everywhere. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a thousand percent my duty, which is why I'm honored to be on today. And uh, so grateful for you all to highlight my story and and just share. Hopefully it helped us at least one person. It, it definitely it's will. Helped it's, 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 it's helped us, and we definitely like. And with that being said, we just want to say we definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on and chop it up with us. Like this mm-hmm. was like, we, like we okay. definitely don't take this for granted. We definitely appreciate it. you dropped a lot of game, and like we, you definitely got our support with anything. Feel free to hit us up whenever if you need anything or whenever. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But before we let you go, do you mind plugging in all your stuff so the people that's listening they want to find you, follow you, all that good stuff. For sure, for sure. Um, so one is before we end, man, you all keep doing what you're doing. Again, you all are holding the door, um, such a huge door for the generations to come. Again, who knows uh, where audio is going to be in the next 10 years. And for you all to just have this information present for all that you're doing. I know that some days it's hard, some days you don't want to, some days, you know, you're trying to figure out what's next. But I, I pray that God gives you all more grace and more strategy to continue doing what he's called you to do. So um, just to have to share that with you all because I know it's not always easy. Um, No question. No question. So as far as me, I am... Find me on all social media outlets at Tina Bonner Live. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Twitter is my new favorite thing, so you can yeah, find me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're going we to get you lit. When we drop this, we're going to get you lit. I need a Twitter class. Yeah. Y'all going to help me. I That's what I'm saying. I got you, bro. I got you. And then, of course, the website is tinabonner.com. But if uh, if anything resonated with you today, I, I would definitely say, man, please check out what we're doing with the Entrepreneurship Institutes. We've got a, a location in Atlanta um, and, of course, in D.C. Our classes are in person are suspended for the rest of the year because the holidays are coming up. But you can always, always, always learn from us virtually from anywhere in the world. Um, just go to wereei.co. That's .co. I mean, you can plug in with everything that we talked about today. So thank you guys so much for your time. I appreciate it. Um, It's been amazing hanging out with you all the last hour. Yeah, we definitely look forward to the next episode. Yes, awesome. All right, guys, we'll have a great night. You guys stay up, stay committed. For everybody listening, keep going after your dreams, man. Consistency is the name of the game. Protect your process. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, winning, you guys are, are literally like one thing, one semester, one one transaction, one task, one meeting um, from changing your life and having the best moments of your life. So more grace to you all and have a great night. Yes, ma'am. Thank, Thank you. you. You have a good night. All right, guys. Bye. All right. Peace. And with that being said, that was another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets podcast with Tina Bonner. Man, that's that was a powerful episode right there. She gave she gave up a whole lot of game, and I know that's gonna be helpful to a lot of our listeners. But with that being said, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. 
And D, what's your info? And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent or Kent Real Estate. And you can find me on Twitter at Deanna S. Kent. Yep. And that's all we have for you guys. Appreciate y'all for listening. See y'all next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take a risk because you're too afraid. I'm going to just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. Oh, a lot of shit on the way. On the way.